I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to the Lime Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. Today's beautiful episode, got to have somebody I appreciate in the world, Mr. Sean Croxton. Sean is a legend in the YouTube reality. He created one of the first health and wellness YouTube channels called Underground Wellness, and then went on to create Underground Wellness Podcast, had like something over 10 million downloads, um, got to do great interviews with everybody. And uh, he's a writer, he's a self-development coach these days, done a lot of really good stuff around helping people with money, helping people unlock the power of their mind. Great stuff. Highly recommend looking into him deeper. In this conversation, we get into some of those subjects around the science of the mind and self-development and limiting beliefs and how we can kind of unlock our potentials, you could say. Um, really great conversation and especially relevant since I just got finished with a 10-day silent meditation, Vipassana. And so there, did a lot of uh, just looking through the back files inside this noggin. So this was a great episode to, to release on this day. Here's a little clip. There's something to be said for trying and persisting and persevering and just staying in action and seeing the obstacles as opportunities and not being afraid of failure and not being afraid of success, which is a huge one for a lot of people they just don't know. Thanks so much for tuning into the website, aligntherapy.com. If you are drawn to that, it's aligntherapy.com. You can start the five-day movement challenge where you learn five basic fundamentals to integrate into your daily life so that you can be moving better in any situation. Super important, absolutely crazy that we don't get that education in elementary school, but uh, we got it. We got it now. Uh, thanks so much for reviews on iTunes. If you guys leave us reviews and we read your, your review, we will send you out a box of something from Organifi. Got a review from Trinidiana, I think is how you say that. Aaron is amazing and truly unique. He's a rare human whose personality really shines through because he has no fear whatsoever of being himself, and this level of authenticity is so refreshing. On top of this, he's an amazingly healthy, fit person. She goes on and says really great things, so I really greatly appreciate that, Trinidiana. Um, send us a message at AlignBand on Instagram, A-L-I-G-N Band, and uh, we will send you out a box of something from Organifi, our show sponsor. That is what we got. Um, so yeah, so I just got back from a Vipassana. It's a 10-day silent meditation. I will do a blog on that this week. So I'll go into detail of the experience with that. Highly recommend folks checking an experience like that out. It's crazy to have the opportunity to be able to shut down all technology, shut down anything that you think that you have to do and just focus on your mind for 10 days. It's a really wild opportunity. And it's a donation-based. Holy crap, people. Check out Vipassana if you're willing to go through some interesting things inside your noggin. Um, oh, also, uh, thank you so much to BioOptimizers for supporting this podcast. They are a all-in-one enzyme probiotic supplement, and uh, they're great stuff. I use them on a regular basis. I feel a little energy kick boost thing after I use them, which is rare with most probiotics in my experience, so that's really cool. And uh, if you buy a bottle of their stuff and you don't love it, you can send it back and they'll send you full money back, guarantee. So you can get 15% off p3om.com slash align, 15% off your purchase. Do that. Check it out. p3om.com slash align. Okay, here we go. Back to the show. 
Sean Croxman, we recorded this in his living room in uh, Southern California. So, great conversation. Hope you enjoy. Bam, here we go. Align Podcast. How do we start to get to that point of start to take control of visualization? I think number one is to just have the awareness that your reality is completely your creation. I know a lot of people be like, no, I didn't create this. This has nothing to do with me. No, your reality, like you were talking about your beliefs. And, you know, people may worship their beliefs, but I think a lot of people don't know they worship their beliefs because they've never examined what those beliefs are. They just kind of run on autopilot all the time. And then their beliefs and their opinions and their positions and their point of view become the lens through which they see the world. Like your occurring of the world is completely different than my occurring of the world because of our different belief systems, mm-hmm. right? And so there's, there's content, there's what happens, and then there's the meaning that we give it. And that's the context. You know, I don't know, there, there could be a basketball game on and we got three people sitting here and there's the Lakers versus the Celtics and the Lakers win. So the Lakers fan is super happy. And then the uh, Celtics fan is, 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 is upset. But the person who just doesn't really care, they, they're not affected by it at all. Or you take money, for example, you can give somebody a lot of money and they'll be like, oh my God, this is awesome money. I'm going to go and do really good things in the world with it. You give money to somebody else and they go, oh, this is terrible. This means I'm greedy. I'm a terrible person, right? It's just completely different context. And that's based on the filters through which we see our lives and the meaning that we give things. Now, a lot of our beliefs, I can go on a serious tangent about this. A lot of those beliefs that we have come typically from our parents. And the authority figures that, you know, we grew up around in our lives, especially in our younger years. And it's so funny because it's right there on the board across from me. It's literally been written on that board for about a year and a half. But, you know, when we're kids, you know, from birth through the age of two, the waves in our brain are what are called delta waves, very sleepy waves. This is why babies just tend to fall asleep at the drop of a hat and then they wake up and they go to sleep. But there's no uh, filter between the conscious and the subconscious mind. So everything thing that goes in, everything that baby hears just goes in and the baby believes it to be true, mm. right? There's no filter at all. There's no editing. And then from the year uh, two till five, you're in a theta state. And what I mean by theta is you've been to like a, a hypnotherapy or a hypnotist show or something like that. Yeah. And people who are very suggestible, people who fall under the hypnotherapist or the hypnotist spell, they get they get put into a trance-like state in order to become suggestible. Now, between two to five, I believe, yeah, two to five, you're in a theta state. You're in a trance-like state. You are suggestive. And so, you know, when mom or dad or the person on TV or the, the priest or the teacher or the babysitter or the brother or the sister says something, you know, that may be a limiting belief, they're expressing their own limiting beliefs, you actually take those on as your own. And not only that, but you also take on the feelings as well, because there's something called mirror neurons in the brain. So when you feel a certain way, I can actually feel it from you. You ever just walk into a room and you're like, ooh, what's going on in here? That's like mirror neurons picking up other people's emotions. And so we actually take on other people's emotions from when we were children. So we took those beliefs, we attached the the emotion to it, and then we've created associations, which is just neural patterns in our brains which have just given us our beliefs for the rest of our lives. And and the big thing is, like I said, we have not examined them. And so we go through life having certain reactions, not truly responses, but reactions because of all this programming in our brain that we had nothing to do with. And so the first step is to know that that's what's going on. Hmm. You have to know what's going on. You have to have 
an understanding of how this whole thing works because you can actually step back when you're reacting instead of responding and go, okay, here's what's happening to me right now. It's not the situation, it's what's going on in here. Yeah. It's the lenses through which I'm seeing it, but now I know that I have the power to change that and create my own meaning, a more empowering way of looking at things. Yeah, it feels like to get to that point for a lot of people, it's almost like we're so packed into our lives and we're just kind of, so many people are just trying to tread to keep themselves above water. We don't have that spaciousness to step back and start to examine where yeah. we're at. And we also have nobody to, to, to teach us unless you're a seeker. You know, unless you're really looking forward, you know, for, for a, 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 a big part of my life, I didn't know a lot of this stuff because I just wasn't seeking it. I was just living day to day to day to day, probably without a whole lot of purpose. I was just living reactively. But you stumble right. upon, you know, different people, whether it be a Tony Robbins or a Bob Proctor or a Lisa Nichols or whomever that spiritual teacher may be, just to kind of lift the veil and say, okay, here is what's going on and here's what you can do about it. Hmm. John Demartini, the man, the myth. <laughs> That's my dude. John's I've never good. met him before. He and I need to meet. We need to talk. Um, I, I love that guy. Changed yeah. my life. Yeah. Yeah. He. So one of the things that he pointed out with me was little tools that you could do to figure out what your true values are versus what you think your values are. You know, so looking around the world and seeing what do you organize in your life. You know, what are you? What are you? Where? Are you, where are your thoughts? What are your relationships like? Guess one of my highest values. You've been into my house. What's one of my highest values? Home. It feels that way. Or well, books, research, books. study, self yeah. development, yeah. but also home. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is all a part of the home. It's it's the accoutrements of yeah. the home. You surround yourself typically with, with the things that you value, yeah. you know, so I value books. I, I value reading and, and writing and learning and teaching. You know, those are the things that really get me fired up. Those are the things that I don't need outside motivation to get me to do. Right. Like that's like when I get up, you know, usually I meditate first thing I do when I get up and then, you know, I'll just, while I'm having my tea, I'll pick up a book if I'm not watching something on TV, like some sports show, but Books are huge. Books have always been big in my life ever since I was probably before I can even read. I can remember my mom and my dad like having books sent to the house, you know, about Thomas Jefferson or the railroads or John F. Kennedy or the, the trip to the moon. Like they always surrounding me with books, took me to the library, like a family outing would be to go to the library, to the bookstore. Cool. And I swear if I'm not home or I'm not at the yoga studio or I'm not at the gym or I'm not at True Food Kitchen, or Tender Greens, I'm at a bookstore, just hanging out. Like that's, that's fun to me, that's what I like to do. Yeah. So, but, but you were saying like, you are talking about values, go, go ahead. Oh, I don't know, I was just so, saying, just saying shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally interrupted no, you. No, but, I but, 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 putting thoughts out there. But bro. how do you spend your money? What do you surround yourself with? What turns you into an extrovert? Like I, I'm like a natural introvert, I really don't talk much. But if you get me talking about books and personal development and business building and health and all that stuff, like you can't get me to shut up. Like this might be a three hour episode right here because <laughs> I'll just keep talking. But as soon as you leave, I'm going to go back to being quiet, Sean. And so that's how you know what you value, like what turns you to an introvert? Uh, what else are some of those questions that he asked? But there's 13, there's 13 different questions. A couple of them are kind of redundant. They're redundant. I cut yeah. it down to, to actually, which we were talking about this previously, I cut it down to 10 questions. Yeah, it could be. Because I found three of them to be kind of the same question. Yeah, they're kind of the same questions. Yeah. But you, 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 you take the test, you go to dmartini, uh, drdmartini.com slash values. Yeah. You take the test, it'll spit them out for you. But it's really um, 
it's it, it, the way that it changed my life, and you didn't ask this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, no, please. is um, I remember back in the day when I first started my YouTube channel. And I actually, to be honest, I was maybe maybe about a year or two into my YouTube channel, and I had thousands, tens of thousands of followers, but I wasn't monetizing it at all. Like, I had an intention of monetizing it and turned into a business, but at the same time, I just kept on sabotaging myself over and over and over again. Mm. And my buddy Antonio, I'm talking to my buddy Antonio, he says, dude, I'm going to send you something. It's a recording. I want you to check it out. And so he sent it to me, and the, the, uh, I still have the email. It says, listen to this now. It was all in caps. So I listened to it, and it was Dr. Martini talking about money mindset and your values and your goals. And when your values don't match, when they don't align with your goals, you're going to get sabotage. Yeah. Why? Because it's simply not that important to you in terms of your hierarchy of values. And so for me, I, 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 it blew my mind because I was like, wow, I've been fighting with myself. I've been sabotaging myself over and over and over again when it comes to my financial freedom. Why? Because I didn't have a high value on my finances at all. It was like partying, going out and drinking, um, helping people, but just the business wasn't high, finances weren't high, and so it just showed me that I needed to change those things and bring financial freedom higher in my hierarchy of values. And when I was able to do that through some of the exercises maybe Dr. Demartini shared with you, that's when, you know, a fire got lit under me. And I was like, you know what? My upbringing may have taught me that having money is a bad thing, that it's us versus them. And if I start making money myself, I become one of them, one of the greedy people. I think that was the big one for me there. Um, I was able to get past that and understand like none of that was true. It's all a belief system that went down from generation to generation to generation to generation to generation that landed on me. But in that moment, I had the understanding that I had a choice as to whether to keep that going. Hmm. And, you know, that's that 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 type of mentality around finances, around life, around living, around not really having the ability to make grand changes in your life completely changed with that one interview that was sent to me. And it just kind of sent me on this kind of, this journey of just exploration and, you know, not only just learning like the self-help platitudes, but also like how it works, like neurologically, like what's going on in the brain, what are the changes that are happening on a physiological level? So it's been a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lifelong long study and a lifelong journey, but every day I like, I get a new piece of it. And I'm like, ooh, that's another piece of the puzzle. Plug that thing in. Step back, look at it, and you're like, that's dope. Then you go, okay, where's the next piece? And you just keep reading. It's, it's really cool. And it's, it's fun that not only do I get to share this or, or learn about it myself, but I get to share it with other people. Yeah. I get to see their light bulb moments, and I get to see them go, oh, my God, I had no idea. That explains it. And I'm like, yes, and there's more. Yeah. That's pretty fun. I was just reading recently about lobsters and the neurochemistry of lobsters. Mm-hmm. And so when they... You're a nerd. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck studies the neurochemistry of lobsters? This is important shit. <laughs> and so they, they defend their territories. And sometimes what, what happens is they end up having to get into these like huge brawls. And the loser of that brawl, they end up actually having this neurological switch where their, their brain starts producing this stuff called octopamine, which is kind of like a, you know, you could call it simplified like a defeat hormone. And the guys that win end up producing a lot of this serotonin. 
right? And so they kind of keep on producing that. So they kind of almost like in that moment, there comes this T in the road where one person chooses victory and one person chooses defeat. And they keep repeating that pattern over and over again. Interesting. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. They get wired for that. They wire. Yeah. They yeah, wire themselves. They just keep repeating. And every single time they repeat, it gets more and more hardwired. Yeah. Because neurons that fire together, wire together. together, just keeps going and going and going until they can go, wait, I'm not a lobster loser. <laughs> After that, I'm a lobster. I'm going to be I'm better than that. You know, the whole lobster thing kind of trips me out because I like lobster. You know, you have to boil them alive for them to be really good. Right. And you hear that they can't feel the pain of being boiled alive. Yeah, and it's probably, oh, know, part of me just says like, who asked the lobster? Yeah. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like, like seriously, you're putting them in like hundred something degree water. That's, that's not, that's not nice. Also, but their perception of pain might be different than ours. They might be, but again, a lot I, of things I never, the I never world. ask them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody needs to ask the lobster, can you feel that? I bet you they'll be like, hell yeah, I can feel that. You're so, familiar with, with learned helplessness probably, right? You've heard, uh, you've a heard little this, bit. this business before? Yes, yes. A similar thing happens. I'm not going to go into the whole details of it, but when I did, I think they did this with dogs or monkeys when they put them into a situation where they can control it was like a floor that shocked them when they gave them the power to press the button and stop shocking the floor then they do that and they feel empowered and it's fine the shore flock the floor shocks and they're like cool this is great press the button the ones that didn't have access to that button at first they scramble for the button eventually they come to the point where they just give up and even when you present them the button they don't go for it because they're just like i'm i'm fried mm -hmm. And so it's another thing we, we get drilled this learned helplessness in yeah. our society. That's what we accept. Yeah. We accept the helplessness. We just don't know that we have a choice. You know, that's your greatest power is your power to choose. Mm. But, you know, you've been told so many times that this is the way things are and there's no way out. You're, you're stuck this way. And I just simply can't believe that I'm stuck anyway. You know, it's just, that's just not the way I am. I, I think I'm a, 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 we're all spiritual beings. I think, you know, spirit is all about, you know, greater expression, just, just growing and growing and growing. And you know, in this lifetime, and I don't even know if we have other lifetimes, we will never see our full potential, you know, mm. but there's that thing inside of us that says, dude, there's better, dude, there's better. Then you get there and it's like, dude, it's, there's better. And it's just like the spirit inside of you saying, let's grow. Let's grow. Let's realize our potential. Let's get closer and closer and closer. But to a lot of people, that voice within that says there's something better or that says there's more, we feel guilty about that. Mm -hmm. We feel like we shouldn't want more. We feel like we shouldn't want better because we've had it so drilled into our heads like this is enough. You know, why do you want any more? This is enough. This is enough. And, you know, again, it comes from people outside of us and we believe that. And, you know, I believe in creative dissatisfaction. You know, I'm a pretty happy, optimistic guy, but I will never be satisfied, you know? And people may look at that and be like, what do you mean you'll never be satisfied? And what I mean by that is not in a negative way. It just means that I'm never going to stop and just rest on my laurels and be like, okay, that's enough. I'm good where I am. Because yeah. if you're good where you are, you're not growing. And, you know, there's been times where I, I, I take a, I used to take breaks from work for a few months. And, you know, and it's a well-deserved break, but about three weeks in, you get that itch yeah. where you're like, I'm not growing at all. Like, I'm not really doing anything. I'm not serving anybody. I'm not sharing any, with anyone. Like, I feel really stagnant. And I feel like a lot of people live their lives that way every single day from year to year to year, decade to decade to decade, whether it be working a job that they hate, 
being in a relationship that they don't want to be in, just living a life that isn't truly their life. And I think they know that's, that's the way it is. They just don't know that it's possible for them to create something new because maybe they do know it's possible to create something new, but here's the thing about new. New means unknown. New means unfamiliar. New means brand new territory that you're not used to and that ego that lives within you that says, that's the voice that says, everything's cool, let's keep it the same. Because if you make the decision to change, the ego which is your current idea of who you are, says change is going to be the death of me and it will put up a fight. And we have given up on that fight so many times that we've learned to be helpless. We've learned to allow the ego to, to control our lives. And you know, there's the ego and there's the spirit. Ego says status quo spirit says, let's grow. And we choose the ego way too often because Mm -hmm. we want to stay with what's familiar. We want to just, we don't want to get too uncomfortable. Mm. unfortunately. And that's just what life is. I'm uncomfortable all the time. Yeah. You know, successful people are uncomfortable all the time. And that's a state that you got to get used to if you really want to have an amazing life. So I see that working with uh, manual therapy with people with like physical structural patterns. Yeah. Sometimes it would make sense to push people into a new pattern because you see where they're at is dysfunctional. So I'm going to stretch you out of that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the most effective way to work with somebody, you call it like passive work, is actually taking them deeper into their pattern until eventually they get so kind of like aware of the claustrophobia in that place that they don't want to be there that they all of a sudden spontaneously unwind their shoulder girdle or whatever it may That's be. That's a really important word, aware. They become aware of it. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't want to be here anymore. Let's yeah. get out. Yeah. Yeah. So is there value with just kind of going in and being dark and solitude and, you know, actually feeling the depths of whatever it is that's that's fucking you up or is there when you say darks and in, in, in solitude what do you what do you mean i think sometimes on a daily basis it's that we have these affirmations and we have like the secret and we have all these things like you know get better 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 and i think sometimes just in the, in relation to at least this like body work perspective or, or analogy sometimes there is value i think to, to going rock bottom oh yeah I think rock bottom wakes a lot of people up. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need that emotional impact, impact, I should say, of rock bottom to actually create a change. Um, there's emotional impact. So something big happens in your life. You have a heart attack and you go, oh my God, okay, I need to change the way I eat. And you change it without even thinking. Where before, we, before you had that emotional impact, you kept sabotaging yourself. But there's also something to be said um, for not allowing yourself to hit rock bottom. Hmm. To understand like, yo, this is the way toward rock bottom. And before I get there to that destination, I'm going to make a U-turn now. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't make that U-turn now. They just keep going until they have to make a change. You know, with me, I have a hard time not doing things. You know, I think that because when I don't do things, and I think everybody who's listening to this or, or, or watching this, they know what this feels like. You get that gnawing feeling inside. Yeah. It's just that, mm, that, that, that feeling of, I should be doing this. I know what I can do. I have a really good feeling of what I'm capable of. of. I, I know that what I'm doing right now is working, but I just won't do it. 
and you just kind of feel, I mean, like a little bitch. You feel like you just, you're not a brave person. You just, hmm. you just like, you just have a lack of courage to go out there and do that and to do what you want to do with your life. And it's just that feeling that you walk around with all of the time. And I remember like when I had that feeling and it wasn't even that long ago. I mean, we're talking about 2010 ish. Um, you know, wanting to write a book every year, I would make this goal to write a book, yeah. you know, living in bookstores all the time. It's like, I want to have a book in here one day. And I still don't have a book in there, but I will one day. Um, I was surprised. I was looking for your book. I was like, where's Sean's book? I have a couple I'm of e-books. I'm trying to read your book. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of e-books out there. It's, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward I, to I, it. I'll get to that one day. Yeah, it's um, good. I had an agent for a minute and it was going to be a book about real food. And it was like when I was at the very end of my underground wellness days and I just could not bring myself to write um, whatever that thing is that you need to write to submit it to the proposal. proposal. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm deep in it right now. Yeah. Yeah. You got to write a couple chapters. And I was like, it's like nah, six, 60 pages. It's yeah. a book. I was like, it's I'm, a book I'm, about I'm, your book. I, I, I kept sabotaging myself because I just, it just wasn't that important to me anymore, yeah. you know, especially to write about that. But getting back, like I had a, a, um, a goal to write a book, like every year I'm gonna write this book. I'm gonna write this book. I'm gonna write this book. And I remember consecutive years, December 31st, new year's <laughs> Eve was not a night for me to party. Like I'd be out somewhere at a party, at a bar or something like that, but I was never happy because the only thing that I can think about is, dude, you let another year of your life pass by and you didn't get this done, hmm. you know? And that's, 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 that's just such a pain that I had to deal with where it just got to the point where it became so painful that I was like, it's easier to do it than to not do it. And yeah. I think that feeling permeated every part of my life you know my relationships i was just angry all of the time i was just pissed off all the time and it was just as a result of me not doing what i was supposed to do you know being depressed being anxious all that stuff was just me being disappointed in myself and i think that you know there is a there's something to be said for trying and persisting and persevering and just staying in action and seeing the obstacles as opportunities and not being afraid of failure and not being afraid of success, which is a huge one for a lot of people. They just don't know it. Yeah. Um, getting past that stuff. And, you know, now when I have an idea, you know, of course I can't take action on all of them because I would just be running in 10 different directions at the same time and never getting anything done, but just having those one or two projects that are getting done. And I, I don't, I don't procrastinate anymore because if I do procrastinate, then I become that angrier version of myself. Like, if you ever see me, like, walking around the streets angry, just be like, Sean, what should you be doing right now that Do you're it. not doing? And I'll be like, yeah, it's that book proposal. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so, but, but, but again, I feel like a lot of people out there are, are feeling that way right now, and they don't know what their purpose is. And, you know, and this is another tangent I can go on, but, and I will, because yeah, why not? That's what we're doing. Um, I think a lot of people know what their purpose is. I think it's, it's literally right in front of, their nose. It's almost like, you know, when I went to San Diego State, my school is in my backyard, which is crazy. Like, that's my college. Keeping it local. very, <laughs> very full circle. It's crazy. Um, um, Are we, we looking at the school right now? That's the that school. Looks that looks collegiate. Yeah, that's, that's San Diego State. There it is. University right wow. there, my old stomping grounds that's for right. six years. But I remember I, I went to college without a major. And, dude, I got to college. I didn't even know what a major was. I had no idea. Nobody in my family had been to college. I was just like, camp. This is camp. I'm like, it's camp with books. Let's go. And, um, 
I remember it just, it might have been my fourth year of college just hanging out, taking general ed classes. And I didn't know what my major was going to be. And I remember being at the gym and lifting weights and going, well, shit, I lift weights every day. I read fitness books all the time and magazines. Why don't I just study kinesiology? Like it was literally right in front of my face the whole time. And I feel like for a lot of people out there who can't find their purpose, it's literally right there. And it's the thing that comes easy to you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that thing that you do better than anybody you know. It's the thing that, you know, somebody calls you up at 10 o'clock on a Friday night, like, hey, man, can you talk? Can you help me with something? You know, it's that thing. And it it doesn't have to be, you know, as Steve Harvey says, um, you know, dribbling a basketball or dunking or acting in the movie and stuff like that. We think it has to be this huge thing, you know, our, our purpose. But, you know, as Steve talks about, you know, he says he has this friend who, you know, on Friday nights they would hit up and be like, hey, man, let's go to the club. He'd be like, man, I can't go. I got to cut Miss Johnson's grass in the morning. And he was like, yeah, cut Miss Johnson's grass. You know, how much she paying you to do that? But fast forward, now this guy has a landscaping business worth like $4 million. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so... The, our purposes are, are usually right in front of us. It's the things that we do really well without trying. And as John Addison said on my podcast recently, he says, you know, do the thing that you're good at without trying and try. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because if you try, imagine how much better you're going to be at it. Imagine more how much more service you're going to be able to give if you try. And, you know, a lot of us feel like it's... uh our purpose is silly, you know? I couldn't do that for a job, da, 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 da. You know, like, look at, look at what I do. My job is silly, if you really think about it. Like, I play clips from different motivational speakers on my podcast five days a week, yeah. and then I teach people how to make, um, how to change their money mindset or how to build a, a health-based business online. Like, it's, it's pretty silly. Like, most people don't go to their parents and be like, hey, I wanna start a YouTube channel and make money doing that. And that's the big thing there. The big thing there is that we are, we know what we want to do, but we're afraid, period. You know, Napoleon Hill has those uh, seven basic fears. Uh, there's fear of death, of course, um, but there's fear of criticism. There's fear of um, loss of loved ones, loss of the respect of loved ones, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there's fear of old age. And usually the reason why you're not taking action on what you want to take action on is because of one of those fears. And a lot of times it's completely unconscious. And due, that uncon- due to that unconscious fear you're having, there's just stuff going on in your brain that is not allowing you to get into action. And like I said earlier, it's the awareness of the presence of that fear and knowing what's going on that allows you to go, okay, it's my brain acting up today. It's my amygdala acting up today. It's my fear center acting up today. Um, which fears are present for you? For me, I don't want to die. I think that's my big one. I've been pondering on that too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't want to die. I just want to live forever. I think that'll be pretty cool. But then again, if you live forever, it gives you a reason to procrastinate. You know, I think there's a reason why we all have an expiration date because whoever, you know, the creator is said, yo, I'm going to give you an expiration date so you get shit done. Because if I don't, you're just going to put it off forever. So this is your time to create. And if you don't, 
you don't. And that's just how your life is going to be. You know, we're, we're, you know, as Marianne Williamson says, you know, there's the big C creator and then the, we're the little C creators. That's what we're here for. We're here to create. We're here to have ideas. We're here to use our imaginations. Every single thing in this room, from this table to this couch, from the shirt to the Buddha right here, came out of somebody's imagination hmm. when they created it. And, you know, we, we've lost our imaginations, unfortunately, or we use our imaginations against us. Because instead of, like, staying present and coming up with ideas to help people and to create, we, we, we project ourselves into the future to imagine all of the bad things that can happen to us. And that's one of the things that just keeps us stuck where we are. We're stuck in the past. We're saying, here's what happens in the past or here's what happened in the past. And if I try this, it's going to happen again. And then we say, here's what we can imagine happen in the future. And so we just stay stuck. We never really present, you know, we're just there. Or it's all screwed up, man. It's, 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 it's really too bad. But again, if you don't have that awareness, you're just going to kind of keep on going and going and going, living the same life in the same day over and over again. Hmm. That sucks, dude. Wanted to take a quick break and thank our sponsor, Organifi, for supporting the show. Organifi is a rad company. I utilize their superfood blends on a daily basis. Um, holding in my hands the green juice right now, filled with all the green powders your little heart could desire, from uh, wheatgrass to spirulina to chlorella to matcha. Really excellent stuff. Highly recommend checking them out. They also do protein blends that are vegan, as far as I can see. So the protein they're using in here is pea protein, quinoa protein, and pumpkin seed protein. Everything's organic. Everything's delicious. Highly recommend checking them out. So go Organifi, O-R-G-A. NIFI.com and utilize the align code for 20% off. Organifi.com align code, A L I G N, 20% off. Get that stuff. Thank you guys so much for tuning in back to the show. Pow. Last Good. night I was having this, this uh, kind of meta moment. I was playing with doing, I do like a nightly meditation thing for 20 minutes before I go to bed, mm -hmm. which I find to be uh, really important. And kind of had this idea that it almost feels like you could view this life. This is going to be probably excessively out there, but you could view this life as almost like preparation for death, you know, and that, that creating kind of a seamless transition into death is probably a life that you're not overly attached to. You know, it's like ego self. There's, there's somebody recently said that death is like taking off a, uh, a tight shoe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like throughout the day we have all these, these criticisms and ideas and expectations of what we think we're supposed to be. And that's just like this, mm -hmm. it kind of cinches you down, mm -hmm. you know, the sooner that we in this lifetime can kind of loosen up those laces a little bit and be a little bit more comfortable with the dissolution of the ego. Um, it feels almost like that transition between life and death. Almost. It's like a, it's a cleaner circuit. Does that sound like some crazy shit? Yeah, it's. it's, it's <laughs> I, I think we're. I don't really think there's a, a full death of the ego, because the, the, well, the ego is not the, death per se. Right, right. The the, the 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 ego is just kind of like the current idea of who you are, and you're always going to be somebody. So you're always going to have an ego. So I don't think we can ever like fully get rid of the ego. Yeah, it's just an awareness of okay, this is my ego. This is my status quo right now, but there's also a spiritual nature to myself that is going to allow me to continue growing and shedding this version of my ego in order to 
take on a new one. Um, and, you know, we, we all have our masks. And, and I think it's really important for us to understand that a lot of us are wearing masks and we are identifying with our clothes and our skin tone and our nationalities and being men and women and all that stuff and all these different ways to identify ourselves. But, you know, there's this, this deeper layer of, of just, just being, you know, just that, that just spiritual nature of, of, of yourself that you tap into when you meditate, mm. you know, when everything just kind of drops away when you're in meditation, you're just sitting like that is the real version of you. You know, that's the, the kind, you know, just beautiful version of yourself that's really in there that over the years we've just put layers over, layers and identifications over, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I always say like in this lifetime, I think the purpose is to find out who we really are by peeling away those layers, mm -hmm. peeling away those beliefs and just going, oh, wow, look at that. Oh, wow. Look at that part too. You know, it's like the golden Buddha, you know, just peeling away those layers and like, Oh my God, look at all the gold below. Look at all the crap that I had on top of it for so long. Um, that was just becoming my life and the filter through which I, I saw my life. And, you know, honestly, believe like I highly recommend to anybody listening. So it's like to read the work of, um, Neville Goddard, mm -hmm. um, really good book called your faith is your fortune as well as the power of awareness. And, you know, it's just like, you know, God is within, you know, so often we, 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 we think and talk about this God that is external from ourselves and we're begging this God to, to, to bring these things into our lives. But that true God, you know, like, like Jesus said, the kingdom of, of heaven is within, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And heaven in Greek means expansion, right? So the kingdom of expansion is within. And as I said earlier, spirit is all about expansion. Like it's inside. That's the person inside that you, you know, when you're doing your affirmations and all that stuff, like you're talking to the person inside. And I think one of the biggest things that people need to know is, and you've probably heard this before, but people don't really get what it means is to be there now. Mm -hmm. You know, the next house that I own or the next thing that I launch to help people or the next amount of money that I make or service that I give and whatever it may be, I'm already there now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because to say that I will be there means that I lack it. And when you, when you come from a place of lack, then that's not, you're, you're being somebody who's coming from a place of lack. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that I am within identifying with that. I am within and saying, I'm already there now, not only in thought, but in feeling. You know, if you can feel like you are there now, the universe, God, creator, infinite intelligence, divine intelligence, whatever it is that you believe in, and I fully respect them all, will attract that to you. I believe it. I can tell you stories all day, just crazy stuff and signs and all this stuff. And that's just kind of what happens when you feel yourself into the wish fulfilled as Wayne Dyer and Neville Goddard talked about. That's the key right there is the feeling. Your brain does not pick it up. The universe does not pick it up if you don't feel it. Not that it's going to happen one day, but that it's happening now. And that's the big one, man. Hmm. One of the most important things I learned. As you're saying, I'm getting this visualization of like, uh, it's almost like upon believing that you can create a thing, upon visualizing the thing, then it's like you're starting the path. And if you were to separate, if you were say hiking up a mountain, I apologize if this is a silly analogy for people, but if you're hiking up a mountain, 
there's a there's a consistency or congruence between the start of the path to the top of the mountain right it's as soon as you actually get on the path it's like it's it's almost like it's it's the same mountain like you're already at the top in a sense like you're in that pathway right it's actually just getting yourself to the freaking path in the mm-hmm. first place mm-hmm. though and you're keeping a mental image of you being at the top of the mountain and if you keep that mental image and you have an expectation and you have a faith that you'll get there because the, the the brain is a trip the blank the, 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 the brain has a hard time with uncertainty whenever there's uncertainty it affects, I want to say, your caudate nucleus, which is part of your basal ganglia, which is really important for reward, but also for staying in action. And so when you deactivate your caudate nucleus and you have that un- because of the uncertainty, it tells the motor cortex in your brain, which is right here, uh, right there at the start of your parietal um, cortex or parietal lobe, it says, stop taking action. This person is uncertain. They're one foot in and they're one foot out, which is how most people live our lives. Yeah, everything. And so the brain says, well, this person doesn't know what they're going to do. It's almost like when you're dating somebody, you're not really sure about them and you kind of stop texting them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what happens. They go, hey, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, nothing's wrong. It's because you're being ambivalent. And so you have to make a decision. And, and, and you know, gosh, I can talk to you all day about this stuff. But we have a society, unfortunately, that has a hard time making a decision. Hmm. You know, we can't even pick a meal off a menu without taking 20 minutes to do it these days because we're all afraid of making a bad decision. And I say, you know, it's better to make a bad decision than to make no decision. And, we, and, and also, hmm. to make no decision is to make a decision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're deciding to not make a decision. And when you decide to not make a decision, then you don't get into action. You never do anything. You just live Groundhog Day. Like decision is, is first. Now, here's the thing about decision and the way that the brain works. You commit after making the decision. So most people think that you have to commit first and then you make the decision. No, 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 no. It is the other way around. The brain says, okay, here's my options. All right, here's the um, pros, here's the cons. Okay, uh, let's take some exploratory actions. Let's look into it. Let's maybe give it a test run. Let's see what's going on. Let's uh, feel the emotion of it. You know, let's feel ourselves actually doing this. How does that feel? If you imagine yourself doing this, how does that feel? How does that feel versus this, this other thing you're thinking about? Okay, it feels better. Okay, let's move toward this one. But when you make that decision, and you know, I think the word decide comes from the Latin word decidir, which means the cut off. So when you cut yourself off from all of these other options, that's when commitment starts to occur. But we try to do it the other way around. We want to commit first. Now I'm going to show you something that, 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 that we need to know. And I talk about this all the time whenever somebody interviews me is that there are two sides of your brain, of course, but there's two parts of what's called your prefrontal cortex. Now there's the right prefrontal cortex, which is right behind your forehead. And then there's the left prefrontal cortex, which is over here. Now, the right side of your prefrontal cortex is like your internal chatterbox, right? That's the, um, the ego and fear, hmm. the survival part of your brain that goes, wait, you just made a decision to do something? Uh, no, 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 no. We don't want to change here. We like status quo. We're going to go into the unknown. No, you can't do this. You're not good enough for this. You're not worthy of this. You don't deserve this. No one's going to support you. You're not going to be able to figure out how to do this. On and on and on and on, right? And when we try to stay in action, we're hearing this voice 
we start to believe, you know what? This isn't for me, and we stop. Now there's the left side of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is your commitment center. Now in order for your commitment center to become fully activated, you have to go through the bullshit that the right prefrontal cortex puts you through. You have to deal with that internal chatterbox. It is required. Right prefrontal cortex activation is required for the left prefrontal cortex, which is your commitment center, to fully turn on and fully commit to something. And so when we make a decision and we start getting into action, we need to understand that everybody who has ever accomplished something has gone through the negative chatterbox that you're dealing with. That it's a good sign. You know, there's different types of goals. And, you know, I don't want to take up too much time talking about this, but if you want a goal that stretches you, then it's something you've never done before. And it's going to be a little scary. And you're going to have that chatterbox going on in there. But the fact that it's stretching you shows you that's expansion. The stretching is the expansion which is the spirit will then saying, all right, man, let's do something, let's grow. Da, 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 da. The survival-based brain says, no, 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 no. But that's just part of the game. You're not unique because your brain is telling you you can't do it. You're not. Again, it is a signpost for life that you're going in the right direction. You need to keep going and act in spite of that fear. And over time, it goes away, and then you get into commitment mode. But again, the first thing that had to happen was the decision. The decision first, it first happened, right prefrontal cortex fired up, then the commitment center fired up. We're trying to do commitment before the decision, and that's what keeps us where we are. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a, we, we got to probably wrap up soon. Not for me as much for you. You have, you have things that you need to do, tend to in your life. I can go like today. another 15 or so. <laughs> All right. Um, so the, uh, there's a quote that pops up. I don't want to be overly quotatious. I also want to say things that just come from my heart. But uh, Einstein, I'm sure you've heard this one. It's in Bob Proctor's, one of his books actually is where I got it. I know you love Bob. Um, and he said, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a humble servant. And in our culture, we end up becoming dominated by that servant aspect of ourselves. Both of them have incredible amounts of value. It's finding that yin, yang, you know, black, white. It's always the balance thing. So when you're talking about the prefrontal cortex stuff, that's to me is a metaphor. The reality of the brain is it's so much bigger than what we know, but we extrapolate all these metaphors, but it's all goes back to Chinese medicine and Eastern philosophy and it's all the same. Right. You know, but it's, it's finding that, that congruency and the balance between both of those. Mm-hmm. But we're overly occupied by just that rational part. And we, we don't trust our intuition, unfortunately. You know, when you give your brain a command, a true intention, not just a, not just a desire. The desire is important. Um, but desire is like, I want this, I want that, da 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 da, da. Um, But a true intention, which is like a deeply felt desire. When you really have that, you plug that into your brain, it's like putting a destination into your GPS in your car. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people don't understand is like the brain, it, it holds all of the experiences and memories and maybe memories from past generations possibly. I've read in Joe Dispenza's work, but it, 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 there's a lot of stuff in there. And when you give it that intention, when you give it the direction, there's stuff going on that is completely outside of your consciousness. Like you don't even know what's going on. And in there it's going, hey, Aaron, go to that networking event. Mm-hmm. You're like, why should I go to that? Well, okay, I'm gonna go. He says, Aaron, 
um, call that one person right now. Yeah. All right, Aaron, think about this one person right now and send them some thought vibrations and, you know, 24 hours later they call you, right. you know? Your brain does that. It works subconsciously and it tells you to do things. And it creates, what this is called is creating a motor map. It creates a motor map for you. Hmm. And you listen to your intuition and that's the brain and the spirit saying, all right, here's how we're going to get there. And that how thing is so important because another reason why we don't set goals, especially big goals that stretches is because we don't know how we're going to get there. We're like, how am I going to do it? I don't know how I'm going to do that. But you don't really have to know how to get there. You plug the intention in first and you, you create that faith and that expectation and the brain does a lot of the work for you. This is why we have imposter syndrome, right? Because we have all these very successful people that have achieved this, these grand uh, accomplishments and when you ask them how they did it, they'll give you the big chunks, but honestly inside, they have no idea. <laughs> they don't know because a lot of it happens unconsciously and so they feel like they're going to be found out all of the time but that's just the way that the brain works. They listened to their intuition. It guided them. It navigated. It said, stop here. Make a left. Turn right. Make a U-turn. Oh, you fucked that one up. Go back over the other way. You know, that's just the way that it happens. And I think we need to, to, to know that. It's not, as, as Wayne Dyer says, uh, the answer to how is yes. You know, you have to say yes to the intention. You have to say yes to the belief in it. You have to say yes to the faith in it. And everything just kind of happens. It's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, more Bob Proctor because I just I'm on his on his thing right now. But he he actually mentions more crazy person stuff that he feels as though he does have guides in this world. Yeah. I don't know. Is Bob still alive? Is he is he walking around? Yes. He's, Bob he's, has he's, an he's event done, this he's weekend. Done, he's done events. Okay. Bob's good. like 83 years old. Yeah, maybe okay, 84, good. crushing uh, it. Right. <laughs> I love Bob. I almost um, made Bob cry on my podcast. Good. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was close. <laughs> I'm hoping that you cry here in a second. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Uh, but so he mentions some crazy person stuff, which I think is, is, is fairly legit, but he, he feels like he has kind of that intuitive mind to him. And I think if you pay attention to it enough, it almost feels like there's like, we got some guides here with us in this world, but we kind of learn to shut that down from a young age. I, I used to not believe in that stuff. My friend Faith used to come over and talk about her spirit guides. And I'd be like, shut that shit up. I don't <laughs> People would tell me to read Abraham Hicks and, you know, and The Course in Miracles and all this stuff. And uh, I'd be like, I don't believe in that channeled stuff. Right. Spirits. And, you know, but but I, I believe in it more than I, – actually, I, I fully believe in that stuff. Um, there's a really good book called How Enlightenment Changes Your Brain. And uh, he talks, uh, I think one thing that, that they did in the book is they studied the brains of channelers and they, they saw these huge changes in yeah. the way that their brains functioned when they were actually channeling. And so it was really interesting. So I do believe that even though I haven't spoken to my guides as some other people say they have, um, maybe as I get deeper into my meditation practice, um, a guide might pop up and you know, there I've might be different here ways who, of speaking to them too. Maybe you, there might be different ways of speaking to them too. Uh, it, it, it's it's possible. I haven't had an Abraham Hicks ex experience where I'm just like speaking for somebody, and yeah. it'll be dope if that happened one day. Like to channel some some crazy wisdom from somewhere it would be pretty dope. I've heard that everyone. I heard this from Paul Check, who's who's nearby here as well. I'm heading out to tune in for Paul's podcast coming up. Whatever I'm heading out there soon, um, and he's mentioned that everyone has some 
type of voyancy. So it's not just clairvoyant, there's, you know, audio voyant and, you know, visual voyant and there's, there's better ways of saying that, but we, we've different, all, you know, from tactile sense, sometimes you're led from a body worker, you're led to contact a place, you know, or just being cognitive of some, like your thought when you have those little things of like, no, choose this business decision or this relationship. Those are all kind of, I don't think there's just one way of being that. Uh, I'm sure there isn't, but I've heard of that as well. Clairvoyance and audiovoyant and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, I haven't experienced it, however, but uh, there have been times where things just kind of happen very strangely. Yeah. Just really, really strangely. I'll tell you one just real quick. Yeah. I, uh, I think I was reading uh, Pam Grout's book, Think and Grow Rich, and she was talking about spirit guides and asking for signs and things of that sort. And I remember uh, being in bed and going, my sign is going to be a hawk landing outside of the window because hawks are always flying out here. And uh, cause it's never happened in my four years in the house. It lands across there at my neighbor's place. Um, but never in front of my place. And I interviewed Pam and we get on Skype and she says, Sean, the strangest thing is happening right now. I was like, what? She's like, there's a hawk just sitting right outside of my window. And I'm like, get out of here. Are you serious? Because <laughs> when I was reading your book and like the whole interview, the hawk was sitting outside of her window. She kept bringing it up like, Sean, this is nuts. This hmm. hawk does not move. Wow. And so it was a trip. Uh, you fast forward maybe about nine months and I was dating somebody. And you ever date somebody and you just kind of feel like it's not right, like intuitively? Of course. Like, mm, this isn't right. Like something is not right about this. And so I decided to, to end it. And the next day I'm in my office and I'm talking to somebody on the phone I walk out and I go holy shit right there there's a hawk staring at me mm. just staring at me and that hawk came back five days in a row and we just sit there and you know, it turn it would just take off I have a picture of it on my phone and it was like it felt like it was just like some spirit going good job yeah you made the right decision mm. you know what I'm saying good work and so I can tell you stories about the number 23 all day um, it's nuts. It's really nuts. It's just like you ask for a sign and the signs just tend to come. Yeah. Native when, Americans call that the like medicine, like hawk medicine or, yeah. or wolf medicine or whatever. Every time you see something, there's some type of connection with that. I think those signs are everywhere. I think that the more sensitive you become to yourself and just, you know, the more you get into that, like Paul Selig and other, the show notes are gonna be ridiculous in this episode. Um, but he talks uh, small self and, and big self. That's probably other places too. But the more we can get into kind of like getting out of the chatter of the small self, like the ego and all that stuff and get into kind of like those layers back all of a sudden, I think we see more meaning in parts, you know, everything. It's like, Oh yeah, I get that. But for 25 years, you were just blind to it. It was there. Yeah, it was there. It was all there. Well, the deeper I get into my meditation, the more things I see, you know, like the 23s that pop up all the time. Like, it's really crazy. Like, I've people on Instagram like, dude, another 23, that's nuts. Mm. Um, even sometimes I don't see them. Other people see them for me. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think that there is certainly – a lot to be said for spirit guides and spirit animals and signs and symbols and you know that Native American wisdom that you talked about. Um, Castaneda's work is something I want to mm -hmm. I want to read a lot more of. Wayne Dyer refers to Castaneda all the time, so I've got a few of his books in the, in the office. Um, there's just so much stuff to learn, man, in so little time. That's why I don't want to die. You know what I'm saying? Like all those books in my my office, it's like it's gonna take me almost a lifetime to read through all of those, especially all the other ones in here. And so it's. Um, 
it's every day just trying to get through as much stuff as I can, learn as much as I can, and helping as many people as I can, you know? Bam. Word. How do people find your shit? How do people learn more, get into your stuff? I think it's, I recommend it. Uh, SeanCroxton.com is the, the website. Uh, it's getting a makeover. Probably should be done by the time this podcast airs. Um, I'm on Instagram at Sean Croxton. My podcast is called The Quote of the Day Show. Daily motivational talks, less than 12 minutes. Discovering your greatness in 12 minutes or less. Um, and uh, that's that's really it. Uh, I got my Money Mind Academy course, uh, which is relaunching in March, mid-March. So you can find out about that at moneymindinfo.com. We also have a, a course we're launching right now called Six Figure Certified Health Coach to help health coaches to build successful online practices. And um, yeah, that's what's going on. Cool. If people spiral out from the show notes on this episode, you'll probably have at least two years of uh, black holes to get sucked into <laughs> education. So I hope you enjoy. All right. Thank you so much. Brother. Oh, man. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. Yes, I sir. appreciate you doing it. Over and out. Align Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Some ways that you can support this podcast, one of which you can pick up an Align Band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band. comes along with a door anchor and a carrying case and a video guide on how to mobilize those joints and integrate that body of yours. Really great stuff. You can be found at AlignTherapy.com and also on Amazon.com. Thank you also so much for utilizing the Amazon affiliate link on the right hand sidebar of the podcast page bookmark that thing anytime you purchase some crap on Amazon purchase that crap through that link we get percentage of it costs you nothing and I think that's enough thank you guys so much for reviews on iTunes thank you for listening thank you for supporting have a beautiful rest of your day Pow.